We back again. We back, Thanks, Spencer. Yeah. And of course, we have our licensed clinical therapist, Naz or Naz, Doctor Naz, Doctor Naz. And this is the Different Spectrum Podcast, where we talk about movies, shows, and all the mental health aspects that surround them. We also like to have some laughs, so don't take us too seriously. Or do. That's on you. Yeah. Uh, and also, don't forget to run up those likes for us. We'd really appreciate it. One, two. All right. So before we get into everything, be sure to check out Bubs Naturals, one of our new sponsors for the show. Yes, right there. Right there. Thank you. Yeah, all around. Um, and also, we have a new, we are ambassadors for the great company, Cure Hydration. Yep. Yes, they have a bunch of great products, uh, especially for hydrating um, that you can use. Uh, yep. We actually, Nas is going to be getting a starter pack soon, so he'll let you know what he thinks about it. Yep. I'm going to snort him right up. Yep. Um, <laughs> they look delicious to drink, <laughs> not to snort. So they smell good, too. Check them out. And we have a code DSP20 if you want to get 20% off your entire order. So go check it out if you're looking for like a hydration um, mix. If you're, you know, you're like kind of kind of sad about water. You're like, I don't want to drink this plain, non-tasting thing. I need flavor. Go to Cure Hydration. There we go. There you are. So with our ads out of the way a little bit. Um, even though we have more coming, don't you worry. Uh, we have a special guest today. Her name is Andrea. She's a doctoral candidate. <laughs> Hello. Uh, welcome to the show, Andrea. Thanks, Spencer. Um, <laughs> nice way to say my name. <laughs> of course, of course. This is how we so, treat people well, on the podcast. This is great. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. All right. So today we are taking a look at couple scenes from um we're going to be talking about remembering we're going to be talking about trust we're going to be talking about family and being proud of your family <laughs> yeah i uh, know disgusting um so <laughs> i'll be taking a look at two clips today Nas, anything before we get into the show uh excited to break them down uh as you all know andrea will uh, do a personal background information and talk about all that. Introduce themselves to all of you. Um, of course, remember the link tree, which the codes are now in uh, for uh, Bubs and Cure. And then also remember the free resources. So a lot of self-help stuff, worksheets, cognitive behavior therapy, self-assessments, and a tons of mental health apps. Go ahead, check it out. And if you're so delighted to, give us a little tip. Sprinkle that, sprinkle that cash on me. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and put it on me. <laughs> okay uh but yeah let's get into it let's check it out whoop 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 Booty whoop hey everyone before we get into the show please check out our collaborator bubs naturals they sell a variety of health and wellness products including collagen peptides mct oil powder coffee apple cider vinegar gummies and other amazing products go to bubsnaturals.com and use our code DSP20 to get 20% off your entire order. I just ordered their apple cider and vinegar gummies and I'm excited to try them. 
If you are looking for a high-quality, all-natural health and wellness product, Bubs Naturals is a great option. The company offers a wide variety of items that are designed to improve overall health and well-being. So go check them out, and remember to use our code DSP20 when you check out. And with that, let's get into the show. see Coco in the living world. I thought at least one day I'd see her here. Give her the biggest hug. But she's the last person who remembers me. The moment she's gone from the living world... You disappear from this one. You'll never get to see her. Ever again. You know, I wrote her a song once. We used to sing it every night, at the same time, no matter how far apart we were. What I wouldn't give to sing it to her, one last time. Remember me, though I have to say goodbye, remember me, don't let it make you cry. (laughs) 
Even if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you each night we are apart. Remember me. Though I have to travel far, remember me. Each time you hear a sad guitar, know that I'm with you. Your guitar? He stole your songs? You should be the one the world remembers, not De La Cruz. I didn't write "Remember Me" for the world. I wrote it for Coco. I'm a pretty sorry excuse for a great great grandpa. Are you kidding? A minute ago, I thought I was related to a murderer. You're a total upgrade. My whole life, there's been something that made me different, and I never knew where it came from. But now I know it comes from you. I'm proud we're family. I'm proud to be his family. I'm proud to be his family. Can you hear me? It's Miguel. I, I saw your papa. Remember, papa? Please, if you forget him, he'll be gone forever. Here, this was his guitar, right? He used to play it to you. See, there he is. Papa, remember, papa? Mama Coco, please, don't forget him. What are you doing to that poor woman? It's okay, man. What's gotten into you? <laughs> I thought I'd lost you, Miguel. I'm sorry, Papa. We're all together now. That's what matters. Not all of us. It's okay, mamita. Miguel, you apologize to your mama, Coco. Mama, Coco. Well, apologize. Mama, Coco. Your, your papa. He, he wanted you to have this. <gasps> mama. Wait. Remember me. Though I have to say goodbye, remember me. Don't let it make you cry. For even Look. if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you each night. Travel far. 
so much. <laughs> I kept his letters, poems he wrote me, and When I was a little girl, he and Mama would sing such beautiful songs. And we're back again. <laughs> and we're live. Like Coco? I feel bad saying that. You've been so shit at those yeah, lately. I know. Can I'm I not going to do that right now. I'm actually God doing it on purpose. It. I think people enjoy it. I don't think you are. I really don't. People like I it. I really don't. They like it. All right. Yeah, people love it. That's the one thing they like about the show. But, uh, so, before we get into the scene, let's get to know our special guest, Andrea. Uh, like I said before, doctoral candidate, please tell us about you. Yeah, so hey guys, my name is Andrea, and um, I'm a third-year doctoral student in clinical psychology. Um, and currently I work at an outpatient clinic doing some assessments and doing a little bit of therapy on the side. I also do a, a practicum site where I do some assessments as well. Um, and I met Nas doing, during internship at a university. Yeah, so he was my supervisor for a good year. <laughs> Did it go well? Did 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 you learn yeah, some stuff? Let's get into the real dirt here. How much of an asshole is he really in real life? Because I... <laughs> he's the worst. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. No, he's great. He's good. <laughs> no, you actually gotta get. You gotta. Yeah, you just go quiet. She's being weird right now. <laughs> did Did you learn anything from watching me do do my thing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We did group therapy together, so that was that was fun. It's good. Did, did I did I have that magical touch that the people talk about that, that, that the podcast people know or or no? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know about that. You know, <laughs> it's a turd. Why did I pay you the money to come on here? <laughs> this dude. Friggin' like, yeah, you know, I'd just be the best therapist ever. And then finally, we have a witness to say, nah, that ain't true. Yeah. She's like, I don't even know you. crying in anger all the time coming from the therapy session. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, Anything else that we should know about you? 
before we get into um, some scenes? Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm currently doing research. I'm doing uh, social media effects on cognitive functioning and emotional regulation. So that's something that, to look okay. forward to. Yeah. Nice. And then I heard that you're a nerd. <laughs> oh, I love watching anime. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. I'm calling you out as a nerd. Dweeb. No, wait. Isn't that dweeb or some shit? No, it's a weeb. Weeb. With a W. Minus the D. Gotcha. Yeah. Wait, is that what you're referring to, Nas? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I was just calling you out. Oh, okay. Because I wanted to have you on the pod uh, before, and then we were talking about some anime, and one of our other counselors uh, that was on with us a couple weeks ago was talking about anime too. So eventually we're going to get some counselors to come back on and do some anime uh, with us. So uh, keep your eyes on that. Long as today goes well, folks. Long as my intern does well. You guys don't see me. I did terribly. Yeah. No pressure at all. <laughs> we won't remember you. Ooh. That was a good one, actually. I know. You like those full circle. Okay. Take it away, Spence. All right. So first scene we're getting into today uh, is between Miguel and Hector. Um where uh, Miguel has been trapped in a cave. And uh, it's not looking good because he's still in the uh, dead section. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the death part, right? Like he's the crossed over. Yeah. Yeah, sure. He's, a, he's in the afterworld. Um, and so now he's becoming uh, dead. And so... Yes. And so now um, he gets to see that Hector is right there with him. Um, and then he comes to find out that Hector is his grandfather, his grandpapa, and uh, sings a song for his little child, little, little Coco. She's so cute, Remember too. Me. Her little legs are just kicking in it. I'm just like, oh, my God, her, yeah. her legs. <laughs> her little legs. Um, and then we find out also Ernesto, who's the antagonist for the show or for the movie, um, that he ripped off Hector, um, stole a song and he's being remembered for all of these people. And Hector, uh, is really, doesn't really care about all of that. He just wanted to sing a song for his little Coco. Yep. I think that's the gist of it. Yep. Let's talk about the scene. Uh, actually, before we get into that, why why have we chosen Coco? Why have we why are we doing this movie? Anyone can answer that. Yeah, I think Coco talks a lot about has many things that we can cover. Cover we can cover grief, loss, remembrance, and a lot of things um, within this movie. And I think it's. I think it's a great movie to just kind of dive into and therapize. And I also saw on uh, uh, one of the things that came across the feed, it was listening to Pixar's top rated movies. This was actually rated mm-hmm. number one by the fans in the list. There was a uh, toy story was in there. Wally was in there. Uh, something else was in okay. there too. Let's not, let's not go this list. I'm saying it was rated as number one. I'm just saying. Toy Story beats everything. I'm sorry. It was rated as five. The way it is. That's life. I don't know what to tell five. five. The fuck? It was one of the Toy Stories was at five. One of the other ones was at three. I think Wally was, was at two. Like and I don't remember what four was. Probably like the third one that was like 
10th. Yeah. Um, uh, right. I chose it because, right, I wanted to get some of my people's stuff on there, some more Latinx stuff on there. We've been doing a lot of podcast stuff, and we've gotten a lot of identities, uh, a lot of white identities, a lot of men, uh, a lot of black folks and black films. And so I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if we got any Arab. We got some Greek stuff from 300 that we did a while ago. Uh, I don't think I was there for that one. No? I, oh, maybe I, just, just, I just did reels? No, I think, yeah, yeah. So it might have been me and Colin or me and Serena. But I think that's yeah. about as close as we got into doing Arabic. We've done maybe... Moon, moon Night. Oh, there we go. Arabic. We did Moon Night, Egyptian. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to get into more of these scenes. That's why we loved doing Encanto the other day. Now we're doing Coco. Um, there you go. And I knew this was a sad, a sad one. I knew this was a really good emotional one. Uh, mm-hmm. As I was saying on the podcast we did with our previous uh, doctoral uh, individual, Diana, is, you know, uh, Encanto was awesome. But it didn't pull at the strings as much as this one does. Um, mm-hmm. I also think being this Mexican culture versus Colombian, right, it hits closer to home as well. As of telling Andrea, it's, uh, you know, I think in all the Mexican families, there's this matriarch uh, and mm-hmm. they're same long gray hair massive big head uh the wrinkles were down pat the eyes being like super squinty like it all just felt so real mm-hmm. and they're not saying much they're just kind of vibing right the, the great great grandmas and so i feel like a lot of us that are around a lot of family around our grandparents great grandparents like this hits home for a lot of us because we're around them because a lot of our families it's generations living in the household um Whereas a lot of white individuals, it might just be the nuclear family, not the extended family. Um, mm-hmm. So many, many different reasons. Specifically, I think we're just going to talk about remembrance um, okay. and some clients that I've got and some ideas that came to my head. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. All right. Thanks. So first question. First question for you, both. How bad did you cry during this movie? Hmm? That was first question sent in by Christian B. Christian B. Andrea. I feel like I've seen this movie like a hundred times and I cry every time. So a lot. <laughs> Is it do you know even know why you cry in the in this film? Like do you know what it hits? Yeah, I think um my own cultural background, I think it resonates a lot and just being close to family and what that means to me. I think that's definitely why it hits those, those tears start coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, for me, I think it's the song and how beautiful it is him singing to his little daughter. And then he never really gets to be with his daughter at all. Right. He's murdered. It's just sad that he was a really good father. And then he was taken away. I feel like that's terrible yeah, where children are taken away from their parents or parents taken away from the children. I don't think there could be a greater uh, heartbreak than that. So I think that's mm-hmm. super sad. And then right, the rekindling of that friendship, of that relationship, to me is happy. But it also is tearful because when I get emotional, I get tearful. And then when he's singing to right his great-grandma, I mean, that's just intense. That's just too much for me. And she starts singing. That's just It's just too much. Uh, it, it's in a good way, in a bad way. It, it's just too much. Uh, yeah. I don't even know why sometimes. 
Emotional overload. That's a good one. It's an emotional overload. Emotional overload. Uh, question for you. Uh, when we were talking in the pre-production thing, um, right, this whole film was based on Day of the Dead. And could you give us like a quick synopsis of what that is, uh, right, being Latinx yourself? Um, what is this Day of the Dead thing? What is this ofrenda thing? And like, what is this remembrance thing? Yeah, of course. Um, so the Day of the Dead is uh, traditionally a Mexican holiday. Um, and it falls on, I'm not even going to say, I think it's the week in, the week before Halloween. But anyways, um, it's the time for people to remember their loved ones and to celebrate their life. So it, it's instead of it being kind of sad, it's more of a time to celebrate their life and what they contributed um, when they were alive and how they can still contribute to this day, even if they're no longer here with us. Um, the ofrenda, what, what people usually do is they place pictures of their loved ones um, and they put candles and their favorite food. And the idea is that their their spirits come um, and they they eat the food. And so basically too when you taste the food after it's been sitting for a while it's that they there's they say that it's there's no longer any taste to it because the family members came and actually ate it so mm -hmm. i think it's a really beautiful tradition um that just helps to remember that our loved ones and to um celebrate their lives uh okay thank you i'm thinking right now because there's folks that know that listen to the podcast know that uh before I took this job, my, my dad's best friend, my great uncle died. Uh, and then my mother was probably five years ago. And one of my brothers was about four years ago. And I'm thinking of the food, like what would be their favorite food? And I was thinking that and then immediately I'm like, it doesn't even matter. Cause my mom's going to complain anyways. <laughs> From your cooking? No, just whatever it is. Doesn't matter what it is. She's going to complain no matter what. So I can't even think what her favorite food is without her complaining about it. Um, I'm also like, can you have libations there? Like, is there drinks that can be available? Because I feel like, see? Yeah, anything. Honestly, whatever their favorite food was or whatever. What Also, like some people do, like what they remember, what type of food they remember their deceased family from so i think that's that's really cool too so anything that you remember your mom you could put it you could put it out interesting and my brother benito i have no idea uh and my mother melva i'm not i'm not sure there's something that i would i'll think on uh, for the next few days i know there would be drinks <laughs> there uh i know my mother loved she also loved cheesecake so we probably have some cheesecake there uh <laughs> Yep, she loves some cheesecake. And she also loves tres leches, but only one from one specific store. Mm. Also liked empanadas I like too. Um, so I can f think of some things. But food, food, all the normal Mexican basics. What I remember. The normal Mexican basic. Rice, rice, beans, oh, okay. right? Taco? Uh, I would say taco. Racist on the show. <laughs> fideo, she loved for the cooking fideo. I mean, all this stuff would probably... She, you know, she liked tamales. Uh, she liked a lot of stuff. I'm thinking of Benito. Boy, he would make these fucking sandwiches. And they would be... Mm -hmm. 
bread, lettuce, meat, 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 cheese, bread, lettuce. <laughs> and they would, look, they would look like the most delicious sandwiches, and he would be high as hell making these sandwiches. I'd just be looking at him like, damn, that shit look good. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking, it's just funny thought. I can just see him. I'm literally sitting on the couch. So I can see him making the sandwich. Interesting thoughts. So for you folks out there, um, paying attention to this, uh, right, whether you're Mexican or not, is what would you remember the people that you loved, or you can even think parents or whatever, I don't want friends. If you were to light a candle and remember them as you get older in age, what would be their foods or drinks or what pictures would you put up? Interesting thought. Uh, yeah, I haven't actually practiced this, and I was watching this show, and I'm like, I think I'm going to practice this this year. After watching the rewatching the show um, and participating it on campus at Purdue um, with students, I was like, I think I'm going to do it this year. I think it'll be fun. And then you get a bunch of food to eat afterwards. You might get sick, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got some other questions over there, but we also can kind of get into the scene if you want to. What direction you want to take us, Spence? Let's talk about the scene. Um, so, um, kind of going into the scene, uh, what do you think about it um, when you first saw it, or even just right now? Um, did any new thoughts kind of pop in your head as you're seeing it again? That you bought. Which scene? The first, the first, where the he's talking with Hector. Oh, yep. Okay, Hector. Yeah, I think that that scene. I think it's very emotional. I think when when they when he realizes that that he that he's his godfather grandfather yeah great grandfather yeah great grandfather yeah when he realizes that I think it allowed him to feel I don't know I guess supported in a sense and allowed him to be happy about I guess happy and proud about his, of his family member and being able to kind of connect in the time they spent in that underworld time. And I think that was very powerful. And I think it also served as a catalyst for his own individuality to come through and for him to just explore himself as well. Correct. Uh, I think of him as a young child or all of us being young, trying to find out who you are. People may not like it or they dislike it or why you into that art stuff or why you so into the video games or whatever. So he really likes music. But everyone treats him poorly because of that, because, right, technically it's his great-great-great-grandfather. Uh, and he left the family, and so no one wants to play music, right? This is a bad thing. It was a curse. Um, and so the kid is good at music. He's, like, really good at playing the guitar and singing. And then he goes down there, and Hector, right, they're both having, like, this awesome time. Ooh, I forgot the song they play down there. Oh, uh, when they're on stage, and they're trying to win the concert to meet... Uh, De La Cruz. I forgot the song, but it's like really good. And he's like, man, you are a magician. And there's the scene before and he's like, kid, have you ever performed before? He's like, no. He's like, how the hell are we going to win this? <laughs> um, can you imagine everyone hating you for something? Uh, many of you can. And then you meet someone and it's actually technically family that you find out later and they're just gassing you up and wanting you to do this. And And then you find out that it's your actual family it's your one of your papas and that's when they say i'm proud to know you i'm proud to be part of your family 
holy shit, that's life-changing for that kid. That kid was probably going to grow up very depressed, isolated, possibly suicidal. Um, making shoes. Yeah, making shoes. Imprisoned by the family business. So you could say as a lot of our neurodivergent individuals, they're imprisoned by a lot of societal norms um, to be you know, act normal, do this. This is what you should do. Uh, you also have a lot of, let's say, gay and queer kids that have to act a certain way. A lot of my very religious kids that I work with that grow up in that family, they can't really diverge from that. And if they do, then, you know, it's a sin. Um, and so diverging from the family values could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. But for your mental health, it's definitely bad if you can't diverge. Uh, you need to figure out who you are. Um, I think the scene means more and more and more as you, like, begin to break it down. Uh, best part was them two at the end saying, I'm proud to be your family. And specifically because you couldn't be any worse because I thought my dad, uh, great-grandpa, was a murderer. And he's like, you're better than that. I feel like that's when uh, Andrea's in the counseling sessions with me and the group therapy. You're like, you know what, Nas, you're better than the worst I've ever seen. It's like, you know, <laughs> like the kids didn't kill themselves. So <laughs> you, you did okay. They all came back. They all came says back. a lot. <laughs> says a lot. Yeah. They might, you know, they didn't probably come back the best of their faculties, but, you know, they came back. <laughs> I would say my group therapy is just really good at taking abuse. Jesus, I'm laughing, people. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, let's look at something real quick here. Oh, that was pretty much the basis of it. Um, have your parents ever sung to you, Andrea? Is that a thing that uh, in Mexican families, uh, the singing? In my family, Mexican family, not so much singing um... to us. I think music in general, I think is a, like every culture, it can impact, it has impacted every culture and every society. So I think, I think everyone, I mean, for, to answer your question, I think my mom, and she has influenced a lot, the type of music that I listen to. So, but she doesn't necessarily sing to me right now. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of music being played as well with my families, but not so much singing. But if we're in the car, then they're singing. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yes, yes, yes. I wanted to know. Yeah, my mom loves Spanish music, and I'd just be sitting there like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Why are we listening to this Cumbia Kings right now? Like, I don't even understand what's... <laughs> yeah, I keep listening it. Listen to it. I know. You keep listening to it, you understand it. Republic. Fucking ass. <laughs> I went completely divergent from all... My mother's and father's things. Father's classic rock. Ma would probably listen to everything. She really liked to jazz too. I'm also sure the the liquor was part of her musical interest. Made everything better. You know, I go ahead. Sorry, you know what I just thought of too is I thinking back. So my mom's alive right now, but what you what you just said that that connection of remembering like a family member. For the future, I know those songs are gonna like mean something for me. The ones that I've connected and made memories with my mom too. So I think that's that's very beautiful. I just thought about that when you mentioned that. So let's go on a side quest, um, and we'll start with Spence, and then we'll get to you as well. Do you have any certain songs that help you? You've got attached to like certain people, 
such as maybe your your partner, your mom, pops? Like, do you have any songs that are attached? And if so, what are they? Um, I would say so. It, well, I wouldn't say more specific songs. Like, there are multiple songs, especially with my parents, because they all introduced me to the music that I listen to today, obviously. Um, I would probably say more more specifically it would be for my dad it was more of like um like earth wind and fire um pretty much like all those old school r&b um kind of bands slash uh you know groups yeah funk and then also with my mom it'd be more like she does a lot more of the classic rock but then she also showed me a lot more when it came to like R&B and things like that. So, yeah. um, those definitely, um, I would probably have to say, um, for Dom, it would be more of, um, I kind of showed her a little bit more when it came to that R&B stuff. So I'm kind of, um, kind of introducing her to a lot more of that as well. Um, and so for us, one song is definitely probably like Cuddy Buddy by Mike Jones. <laughs> You're just my Cuddy Buddy. My, 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 my Cuddy Buddy. buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Um, yep. She loved I I showed her that song. She's like, yeah, yeah, amazing. I love this song. <laughs> um, yeah, stuff like that. Um, I, I'm very particular on what I listen to. Um, and I also just... Um, if it does, if I don't really have like a connection to it at all, I'm not probably gonna listen to it. I don't really like it. That's why a lot of like newer stuff when it comes to like hip hop and things like that, don't really listen to as much unless it's like an artist I've already known. Um, so sometimes that's a little bit tough to really get me to listen to new music. Um, it also helps a lot when I see them live though, because I didn't like Post Malone stuff for a long time, and then I saw him live, and I was like. Live music is always the best. And yeah. mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've traveled along the world. And I'm like, I don't listen to some of these. Th- I would never listen to it. But seeing live music mm-hmm. in so many places, you're like, oh, shit, I can deal with this Irish folk music. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it is what it is. It's kind of cool right there. Yeah. Anywhere else yeah. without an Irish beer, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, here. Uh, Andrea, what about you? Any specific songs that you can relate to family members, loved ones, friends? Yeah, I feel like... I have different genres for every family member, honestly. Okay. I think my mom's definitely like the romantic Hispanic songs. Um, (laughs) My dad is like the old traditional Hispanic songs. And my brother, similar to Spencer, I, he introduced me to all the punk rock, all the, like even hardcore rock as well. He listens to all those. He's my oldest brother. Um, And then my youngest little brother, he listens to a lot of like the newer things, which I too have a hard time liking and listening to. But okay. when he explains it to me, I, I feel like I, I enjoy him a little more. Yeah. But yeah. There you go. So y'all got some genres. And I'm sure if we actually dove down in it, there would be a certain song that you would hear, which would trigger a memory for an individual. Um, yeah. I remember for one person I was dating a while ago in high school, it was a. Uh, that damn umbrella song, under my by Rihanna. That under my umbrella, Ella, Ella, a, Ella, a. Ella. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was a I mean, ringtone. 
<laughs> yeah, I got. I got. Just say I could say something too about that. See, I had one ex that. Oh man, it was the cutest song she put out. I thought she hated me, and she put this song. She was so mean, <laughs> so mean, so toxic. Uh, she's a good person. <laughs> that was good. Her uh, her song was that I forgot what it was this white lady. She, oh yeah, that she, one. She would crinkle much. Crinkle my nose down to my toes. It was yeah, it's an old song. Yeah, see? Bubbly. Oh. There you go. Um specifically for Pops. I remember when he had uh when we were working in the truck and it was a tape cassette and the GMC oh, yeah. that he had. Like it was like a I can't remember, it was like an 84, 90 no, it was like a 95, 98 GMC, and it had a tape cassette player. And then we had a little small oh, S10 tape cassette. And we listened to the same tapes over and over and over, and they're all the prison, the tapes that he had from prison. And mm-hmm. it was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yep. It was Elton John. And I'm pretty sure there was some classic rock in there, too. But we listened to them same fucking tapes over and over and over. Oh, Santana. Santana's Santana. one album with uh, it had all the hits on it. We listened to that shit so much. And possibly going to banging on the steering wheel and shit. And so I remember I went on to the, uh, I did a couple field trips with students at my old university and I put on some music and I started banging on the steering wheel and the, and little Tara was just looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm just banging away. And then she starts banging on the, on the dashboard. <laughs> I want to be just like you. Yeah, I know. It was the cutest thing. Um, for mom, I'm not really sure. For Benny, I have a song, uh, but Pops is a lot of classic rock songs, specifically Earth, Wind, and Fire, but it would be probably Santana cassette that kept playing and playing and playing. I actually think he got stuck in the GMC, and we were forced to listen to it, too. Uh, me, myself, it, if people remember me, it'd be a lot of alternative stuff. So uh, Madden Dragons would be one, One Republic, and Hozier. Those are usually mm-hmm. in the pretty heavy in the mix. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I think people look at me, and they're like, oh, you like rap. And I'm like, you racist as shit, bro. Uh, That's because you think I'm black. I'm actually Hawaiian. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Give me a ukulele. Well, technically, the arrest record said Polynesian, so that's usually what I like to joke hey. about. Yeah. yeah. I always stick to that. They're like, what are you, Polynesian? <laughs> yeah. Hola. Um, I love Under the Rainbow. That's my favorite song ever. <laughs> Every Polynesian person knows that song. I don't know why. Yeah, everyone sees me with a ukulele. But yeah, I have certain songs. And so if I hear those on the radio, I don't know. Ma Ma didn't even like the song. But for her funeral, they played uh, I Lived by One Republic, um, which is a really good song. Um, One song that reminds me of her, because I sent it to her, was that Edelblock, Mama Hold My Hand, If You Want a Good Cry. To remember your ma's? Holy shit. And they don't have to be dead or gone, but they could just be around. That is a very accurate description of a relationship with a parent. Um, music. Music, and then we talked about food. Those are both things that can trigger a lot of memories. Yeah. A lot of memories. I remember we just did that quick trip uh, with the graduation and back, right? And then we were listening to all those Queen records and you and Pops and Don, everyone singing in the car. Yeah, that's great. Man, it triggers a lot of stuff. Um, I love DJing. It's fun to get people to kind of see like what makes them like kind of start singing or 
gets them kind of tapping or bobbing, whatever. Um, yep. That's why I always love playing music, especially on like long road trips and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get to one of those questions to get into the theme of the movie, and then okay. we'll break down the second scene. All right. Next question coming in from Chris H. Chris H. Uh, what's the significance of this song, Remember Me, in the film? What do you think the significance? Yeah, I think the significance of this song, it can bring, I think we've talked about it already, is healing and remembrance. Um, I think it's, I think the song serves a powerful, as a powerful symbol of love and oh, can I? I'm gonna mute real quick. I'm so sorry. Someone's knocking on my door. <laughs> this is where we take a break in the podcast. Uh, yeah. Time out. So, so this is we're gonna do a commercial for crack chicken. <laughs> crack chicken. If you're a crackhead and you love chicken, <laughs> I'm back. I'm so no, sorry, guys. Technically, uh, we feed the chickens crack. <laughs> and they just love this stuff. It's yeah. yeah, it's like Wagyu beef. It's just the crack version. You ever seen a chicken on crack? It is a show. Let me yeah. tell you. All right, let's get back into the remember me. Yeah, they pride themselves. Sorry. As I was saying um, before, people rudely interrupted me. Um, um, so I would say that it serves as a powerful symbol for love. Um, and also, um, the, I guess, enduring love, like enduring love and bond between, um, the living and our loved ones that have passed away. And I think it evokes like a very strong emotion, um, for the characters in the, in the movie. And also for me specifically, I think, I can help people process grief, find closure, um, and keep the memories of their loved ones alive. So, yeah. Vibing off that, um, keeping the memories of the loved ones alive and the meaning of the song, I think, you know, he's saying it to his daughter because he's on the road. So it's like, remember me. So I feel like a lot of people can feel that because their parents are working or grinding. Right. And then, you know, they're like, don't forget me, kid. Like, I'm still here. I may not be here, but I am there with you. And I do love you. And like, that won't go away, even though I'm not there. Just just know that this is a thing. Um, I feel like a lot of parents could probably relate to that. A lot of kids probably think about that. Um, specifically... I think it's it's tough to remember people after a, a way a time's gone away. I know a lot of folks that are neurodivergent have an issue with object permanence. A lot of folks have issues with just remembering faces um, in general, and so they might not be able to hone in and, and, and remember what you look like, but they can remember things about you. I think as time goes on, those fade. I think if you look back into time to friends like maybe you used to talk to or family members that are gone, or, or, right? can you still remember their faces? Or is it starting to get a little blurry, a little fuzzy? Uh, I think if a young kid, their parents gone, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind. And so you might forget quicker. Um, I think if you go on vacations, if you're not very cognizant, like I tell my clients, to focus in, be very mindful, 
burn it into your head because you can take a bunch of pictures, but then now you're not in the moment and you're never going to look at those pictures again. So try to remember everything in that moment. What do you feel? What do you see? What can you smell? And just analyze everything because then you can put yourself back into it at any time that you want. Every trip that I've been to, it's connected to certain emotions and sensory things. I think it's the same thing when we think about the song and remembering our loved ones. But the thing is, when we're young, we think that everyone's going to be around. You think that this is going to be your best friend for like 20 years. And then you realize like two years later that, you know, Jimmy was sleeping with your girlfriend. You're like, well, I never want to talk to you again. It did not happen. I'm just having fun. Sure. (laughs) Damn you, Jimmy. (laughs) Damn you, Jimmy. I was actually in love with you, Jimmy. Why didn't you sleep with me? <laughs> Why did you sleep with my girlfriend when you knew I loved you? <laughs> Play footsie one. Um, yeah. I smelled your hair. All right. Jesus. I'm done. <laughs> um, I think this leads us into the third question, right? Yeah. So, uh, question from uh, Pascal P. Um, <laughs> Who do you want to be remembered as, or for what? Pascal P. Isn't that also called, aka Spicy P? Yeah, Spicy P. My boy, Spicy P. Yep. Thank you, Spicy P. Uh, if you're watching. And there's a dog. Do you guys hear that? It's fine. It's yeah. completely That's fine. That's my little, my little yipper. <laughs> She's a Yorkie poo. That's fine. Uh, um, but to answer the question, who do I uh, want to, who do we want to be remembered as? Yeah. Who okay. or um, what? Or for what? Or yeah. for what? You're still very young. So it's like, hmm, you're still, your story's still growing. But I wonder, no. yeah. How would you answer this question? Yeah. That's like a loaded question. I think. Um, Pascal. Does anyone know the answer to that? Or I feel like you're constantly living your life kind of trying to figure out that question. Like, what is your purpose and what do you value? I don't know. I I think for me... What do you value? What are your values? What do you think you'll be remembered as? What do you want to be remembered as? What? Do you want to create a positive energy or do you want to leave a long-lasting legacy? So you specifically, how, when your, when your time is gone, how do you want to be remembered? I think for me, I think it'd be a loving sister and a daughter, uh, maybe good, passionate therapists. I don't know. (laughs) So you haven't thought about this, have you? I haven't, or I have. You haven't. I think, I think. Maybe I have, but I will. I don't want to put too much emphasis on it. Maybe because you're scared. Could I think possibly? Probably. Um, yeah. Oh my fucking god! We're doing therapy right <laughs> What's now. What's happening right now? It's going well, on. What's going on is I'm trying to get uh, everyone. Should technically this should actually be a very easy question. Is do you want to be remembered as a good person, a loving person, empathetic, and intelligent? Do you want to be seen as a creator, uh, a musician? Do you want to see just be as a no one? Like some people just want to evaporate into the backfield. Uh, and so I think a lot of people think about this, but they don't necessarily think about mortality. 
They think about what they want to do, but not necessarily how they'll be remembered. I think if people thought about that more often, they would probably make better choices. They would probably mm-hmm. redirect some things, um, such as how so, you... But then also, I think a Go lot ahead. of people, especially when they're... I don't know. It feels like, for some reason, I don't want to sound like the old guy, but I'm going to. It feels like a lot of like the fucking kids today just don't give a shit. They really just don't give a shit. And like, not every kid. I understand that. I get it. But like a lot of them just have that mentality of like, Psh, whatever, I'm going to do it. I don't care what the effects are, even if it affects somebody else. I'm just going to do it because, hey, who cares, right? Um, and they don't really care who, how are they remembered as, even though still young, they're probably going to be remembered as like a dick. So, you know. Well, you got time to recover. They got time to recover because they're young, though. They got, you would hope, but then also, you know, sometimes people do dumb shit and they unfortunately get the consequences for that. And then they don't really have a chance to learn because they could end up dead or something like that at a young age because they act like this. Um, I think it's all about where you're from and shit. You know, a lot of people don't care because they're just trying to get out of where they are at the moment don't really care what happens next. And so, I mean, if you think like that, it's, it's, you're not going to help all the people around you maybe. Uh, But at the same time, you know, I guess it's all about what your values are and what you think, you know, if you're doing certain things to help others, fine. But if you're doing things just to do them um, that, and it's not helping anyone else in society as a whole, then Probably not going to be looked as good when you, you know, are remembered. So, yeah, it really depends. Uh, I've I've had a lot of young kids I work with, right? They're 18, 17. Uh, I've had at Mary's, I remember one specific human, they went back home for the summer and it's like, Naz, we got to meet. And I said, What's up? Oh, it wasn't the summer. They went home for like fall break, which is like some, you know, like November ish. No, maybe a little bit, maybe October ish. And there was a drive-by shooting and it scared the mm-hmm. shit out of them. They've been, they've seen these things before in Chicago on the South side. And they came back to me like, bro, I can't go out like this. I can't go out as this fucking dumbass that's flunking out of school. And this is a highly intelligent boy. where He just kept flunking all these damn classes. I said, Hey man, you're going to have to lay off the weed straight up. You're going to start making better choices. You're going to segregate from homeboy. And so they started doing some shit and they started meeting with me uh, bi-weekly to do check-ins. It wasn't even therapy. It was just check-ins. Uh, we're just making sure that they're staying on the right track. And they would play with those larger magnetic uh, balls that I have in the office. They'd always play with it and they would smash them together and we would just chat. Um, they ended up graduating. Thank God. I wasn't there when they graduated because um, I already moved to Purdue. But they graduated and they did well. Whereas their counterpart flunked out. We had to make a change. He said, I can't go out like this, G. Um, I was very excited. I have a lot of students that I deal with that are young and dumb and making mistakes. And then, you know, things start to turn. I feel like even for me, if you were to timestamp death at one point in time, well, uh, the remembrance probably by different people would be different things. I would be the villain in many people's stories. I'd be seen as dumb, erratic, uh, the jokester, right? Not really passionate about a lot of things because I didn't show people those things. And now most of my clients will be remember. They'll remember me as like that person that showed them love that guided them 
that was highly intelligent and kind and loving. Uh, friends will see me as some of those things, but more aggressive, probably very funny, very weird. Um, it just depends on who you ask. My father would be like, he's just another dumbass. So it just <laughs> it depends on who you ask. <laughs> Um, I have a feeling he might say something different, but yeah, yeah, he'd probably say something different. Um, I guess I was thinking about this. Oh, he's definitely said it. Um, I want to be remembered as someone that could change people's lives. I want to be remembered as someone that's authentic and real. I, I was sitting in therapy with students, and uh, Andrea, I'm not sure if you were there or not. I, you weren't. This uh, Maybe you were. We were doing these affirmations, and they were having everyone say what they meant to everyone. And one of the students goes, Nas, you, you actually care about this. Yeah. And, and, and I said, but why? She said, how can you tell I care about you? It's just different with you. The way you look at us, the way you ask us questions, the way you remember things about our past, or you bring shit up from like a month ago to check in on us, how you send us emails and affirmations maybe two, three weeks later because your ADHD ass forgot to send it the day of. They didn't say that. I said that, though. We can just tell that you care. And I don't think I've had many therapists that actually care. And I continuously get this over and over, that same thing from clients. And I ask, like, what is different about me compared to these other humans? Because all I'm doing is asking questions. I think the fact that I remember shit makes me different. I remember I was playing basketball with a dude. And uh, this Chicano, this Mexican dude. And we were playing, this is Grand Rapids, a long time ago. And he said, hey, G, watch out how you're playing ball with me. I said, what's up? He said, I got this scar. I had this surgery on, on my, uh, this heart surgery, and I had this scar, so I'm just now getting back, so be careful. I was like, Jesus. All right, man. And so I made sure not to touch him, obviously, not to push him too hard. Um, so it was a year later. I hadn't seen him for a while. A year later, we're playing ball. I said, hey, homie, how's, the, how's, like, how's everything going? Your health's good? He's like, what are you talking about? Last time you had the scar, how was, like, how's the recovery? He's like, I can't believe you remembered that. So that's a pretty big fucking deal, bro. You had a staples like right from right. here to here. Like I'm gonna remember that. Um, I just feel like I remember a lot of things when I'm sitting and hooping with people or talking to people. I remember some of my boys. I play with their kids. They'd be playing with the little basketball. They're big, they're barely bigger than the basketball, but I remember it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's the neurodivergence in me that that people feel. I think people think that neurodivergent folks like us, Spence, like we don't have no hearts and we don't care and we're stoic. That's so bullshit, though. That's like one version of autism um, that could be right. more stoic. The reason why I brought this up is because I remember my students as like these awesome, wonderful, strong individuals. They see themselves as complete shit, like, uh, like the young boy in the show. And I'm gassing them up and getting them on stage to do shit and to have fun and to be themselves. And then they leave my office, the world damages them, they come back to the office, and they're ashamed of who they become without my help. And then I'm like, I'm not, I don't care. Let's get you back up to where you were, it's fine. But I think my clients will remember in a very loving way. Oh, the last thing, I remember I gave my boss's retirement speech in St. Mary's. She had a lot of enemies towards the end there. It was intense. A lot of people disliked her because how passionate, uh, how 
OCD, how regimented she was. She wanted things to be done the right way. And people were cutting corners and doing a lot of sus things. Uh, and possibly like hurting students, uh, not hurting students because, you know, they weren't getting the proper services. That's how they were. So I did the retirement speech, right? She asked me, uh, technically I asked, um, because she was going to have someone else. And I, I asked, uh, and she said, yes, I'll let you do it. So I gave a speech and I like tore the house down. I'm fucking up there sobbing. And I said, uh, like you're, and people probably forgotten about her. She was one of the first women to ever graduate from St. Mary's uh, because it was an all men's school. She was actually in the second class uh, where there was women at that campus. Um, and I said, you'll be remembered forever. Like your image and soul is burned into these walls. You know, my kids, she, she worked there for like 15 years. You know, my kids, she saved. How many kids didn't die and commit suicide? She told me a story one day where the kid didn't come and they called and they didn't answer. She went up to the dorm way out there in the back in the boonies of St. Mary's, seen the kid hurting themselves in the window. She broke through the damn window and got the kid. So the, uh-huh. we're breaking some laws there now, but Ruth was a, a different type of cat. Uh, yeah. She's a bad motherfucker, man. And I learned under one of the yeah. best. Um, so I think maybe my version of caring is also learned from her. I mean, she would tell me some shit too, like how people would try to hurt themselves in the office or like to hurt others. And she would grab them and like hug them and not let them go. So where the officer didn't hurt them. And I'm like, yeah. you can't do that shit these days. She'd be like, you don't do this. But if you see mm-hmm. me go grab one of these kids and just let me do it. I said, okay. <laughs> one of these motherfuckers touch you though. I'm going to knock them out. Uh, she said, you ain't going to do nothing. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and she was just all about... Them. Sometimes you just got to shake a child, you know? I'm telling it's you, man. Just... She had some fucking stories of blocking people. For, I'm telling you, man. Uh, hey. So I gave the speech, and I said, you're right, your entity is burned into the walls. People will always remember you. You're still getting letters and emails from years and years ago. And as am I. One of my students... Uh, Sisters, they they sent me a card for graduation. It was a beautiful, well-written card. And then my dad read it, and he was like, that was awesome. They were supposed to supposedly send me a tie, but they forget they didn't mail it in time. I said, I don't need a tie for graduation. I got money. I got a tie. Uh, And Spence, you know know who the the girls are, the twins are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they sent me this beautiful letter. I have students that send me emails all the time. Uh, students that give me gifts and bring me things uh, in the office. I think part of me is just surprised. I'll be done after this. I was talking to the Indianapolis Colts the other day, and I'm talking about being a good person. What will other people see you as? How you can be an advocate for mental health, especially around black and brown bodies, and doing good things. You know, everyone's full of shit, like Spence is saying. The world is kind of bad and toxic to young kids, and it's I, me, my... You say everyone's bad. Not just saying you, but everyone thinks that. Like, everyone's just kind of shit. I actually think that as well at times. If you can't find a good person, then you need to be one. And I was pushing the people in the room to start actually caring about each other because the culture is supposedly like a family-owned business and all that, and they're really big on mm-hmm. mental health. But if you're not stepping up to the plate as this organization, what are you doing? Now you're just saying cool stuff and you have slogans. Yeah. Um, and I'm an idiot because I was supposed to be in person for that, but I did it via Zoom and I was texting one of the homies and they said, don't worry, Nas, your presence was felt. You did really good. It's like, okay, good. Because I had no idea. I was like, am I just up here talking? 
Um, and they have me on mute. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually on mute on one time, and everyone's like waving their hands at me. I'm like, hi. <laughs> Hey, nice to see you too. Yeah. Hey, Bobby, spicy pea. Um, Bobby. I think that's why I want us to focus on remembering is, you know, we're a podcast for neurodivergent individuals sewing scenes, but I want you to think. If you think that you can do a little bit better by others, or maybe you've been known for the music or whatever creativity, or maybe your own just neurodivergence, run with it. Seek consultation, do your shit. Uh, Find your actors in the world to co-sign you. Yeah, find your co-signer. And so for you, Andrea, is what do you think that you'll, you don't have to answer it now, but in your head, you should start to think about this when you're doing your therapy with clients or you are this big sister, little sister, sibling, uh, parent one day if you want to be, you know, CEO, whatever the fuck it is. Do you want to be feared? Do you want to be loved? Do you want to be kind? Do you want to be respected? Do you want to be known as passionate, articulate? Can you be the clown and articulate? Things to think about. And at the end of the day, I guess it only really matters about the people close to you, what they care about you. But still, things to think about. Your legacy. So that's what uh, I was thinking of, legacy. I bring this up. Someone called my father the other day. They said, Sam... I wish wish you were around. You could handle this. And my dad said, I'm too old. I don't do that no more. Too old. Mm. He said, yeah. And I said, I told this to a client the other day. She said, Nas, I can't do that to my boss. I said, I'll tell you what my dad said. Don't, don't do nothing he wouldn't do. She said, what does that mean? I said, you know, just, you know, just hand a conversation like I told you to do it. Don't throw no punches. Don't cuss no one out. Because I said I would have been done cuss someone out by now. I would have been fired. Um, they said, no, you wouldn't. I said, yeah, I, I can tell you how many. Spencer seen me cuss out multiple people. <laughs> well, getting pizza, too. So that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Pizza. You see me do it at basketball games. You see me do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I will say, like, it's a little different when you're playing basketball because everyone gets a little heated. I mean, especially the old dudes that we were playing, they got fucking mad quick it was hilarious you remember when i got mad at at, at, at and mike was checking me uh i'm not gonna say last name and then i ended up yeah. cussing him out on the sideline about putting in one of the boys yeah actually i don't remember you doing that about putting somebody in but oh okay i mean it was know. it was bad i immediately apologized afterwards because i seen the fear yeah. people will look at me it's with fear bad. and it was bad so i apologize afterwards and I always, every time I met that person moving forward, I always thought, I wonder if they're scared of me right now. Every single time. Because right. I seen that fear in him, brother, and he was like ready to piss himself. There was an implanted memory right there for him. Definitely. He definitely and treated me a lot better fear. moving forward. Sometimes I might need to chill the fuck out. I remember I, I did this to the vice president after my boss retired. They took some money from me and I snapped. And you should have seen the fear in that individual's eyes. And people say, was it worth it? I said, yeah, I almost lost my job, but I got at least some of the money back, you know, 2,500 uh, out of the right. five grand that they took from me. Uh, but I think that they'll remember me at that school. Many, many of the folks that worked there, it was a very loving, very 
good counselor and therapist. I won ton of awards. And some of them will know me as a hothead. So it is what it is. It's multifaceted. I'm trying to get people to think. Yeah. Because some people may see you as this crazy piece of shit. Others may love you. The question is, is can you get it to lean more and more towards the other side, love and all that? And also, if you fuck up, sometimes it is what it is. I fuck up. Mm-hmm. It's part of it. Uh, do we I got any more questions on there, Spencer? No. Yes. One more question, but let's do the second scene yep. first. Let's do it. Then we'll wrap up. All right. Yes. So second scene. Um, we see that uh, little Miguel comes back to the living, uh, but he needs to get Mama Coco to remember Hector. And so he sings the song, Remember Me. Um, it's a touching scene, folks. It's a it touching is. scene. And so, uh, yeah, and so then she finally uh, starts remembering everything, um, and she looks a lot more positive and um, a lot more lively than what she was looking before. Um, But yeah, and so then she finally remembers him, and even even, um, Miguel's grandma, uh, because I think... Coco is great grandma. So then, great grandma. Yeah. So then his regular grandma just started crying because she is finally kind of seeing her mom kind of come alive, get back into it, back into life in general. So, and she hasn't really seen her probably that happy in a long time, I would think. And so, yeah. yeah. So, let's talk about it real quick. What y'all think of the scene? Actually, you know what? I'm gonna ask this question real quick. I'm gonna ask this Hi. question. What do you think the significance of music is in the film last question from UNM UNM I'm calling Obi-Wan okay go ahead yeah I think the significance of music in this in I think it it shows a lot of expression of emotion um I think particularly for Miguel um, for him, music was his way of conveying his innermost feelings, um, his desires and his struggles, uh, with himself and his cultural heritage and breaking through his own, um, kind of passions. So I think for, I think for this movie and for me, I think it was an expression of emotions, um, and for self-expression. Uh, the song that they sung on stage was called Un Poco Loco. And and that song was fucking awesome, man. They're just bebopping and dancing around. Um, and I feel like all the songs are about love. Right? It, all these songs are about this boy trying to find himself in self-expression, like you said. It's just joy. Um, I think that's all he's trying to do is just have joy. And he's trying to find that guitar and sing it the thing. I think it's one of the sadder scenes is when his grandma breaks his guitar and then he goes to the plaza in the beginning of the movie and no one will let him use the guitar. And then that's when he has the idea to break into the cemetery and steal the guitar. Uh, God, that misery there, it was, you know, it was devastating for that to be taken from him. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, right, they, they call it boyhood joy or as I was talking to a coworker the other day and she said, black joy, it's an awesome thing to see and celebrate. 
because uh, we were talking about this very specific thing. Uh, all the shirts that all these doctors were wearing that said, I'm a doctor, I'm a black doctor. And I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, and boy, a joy. I think a lot of that us get that stripped from us because we have to be men. We have to be grow up very quick. A lot of us that grow up in a lot of weird fucking scenarios have to grow up very quickly, take care of things, take care of our emotions, other people's emotions. My students that are scared to get shot, my students that don't have food, my students that are queer, you have to grow up very quickly to make sure that your body and your mind is not hurt. And so this songs, these songs help you remember joy. I think, uh, Andre, you see every time we're in group therapy, I'm trying to get them to have joy. Because I know when they leave the office, it's going to be shit. Nonstop, they're going to hate their work. Maybe their partners will be cool, but their work, their schooling, it's just too much. It's overwhelming. It's depressing. They want to leave. So when you come to the thing, like, yeah, I'm trying to do therapy and I'm trying to be intelligent, but I'm also a big-ass goofball, and you've seen that. I'm saying <laughs> sideways things. I'm cursing, right? I'm making a fool of myself. I stammer and stutter on purpose. A lot of my material is kind of like set up. And I'm trying to make myself to be the fool. Spencer's looking at this. If you all have the common enemy or the common one to pick on, I can take the punches. So I'll say some weird stuff and then they'll all start making fun of me and they all chip in and they're razzing me. And then I'm like, ah, fuck you guys. I hope you all fail. And then they write, it's funny. Yeah. I think yep. definitely you set up an environment in group therapy for laughs and giggles. And that's something that what I witnessed in group therapy with Nas is that the students specifically really appreciated that. I think it was, yeah, it's something that they could walk away from in an hour of them or an hour and 30 minutes, right? Or almost two hours of them just laughing. It was supposed and to be an hour and a half, that. but it always went two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't, I don't fucking care, man. Um, yeah. Music in this thing, just boyhood joy. Uh oh, looks like we got someone singing back there at the house. Yes. I didn't know if you guys could hear that. I was about to mute myself. Is it Mama Coco? I told them to be quiet. They're having <laughs> no one fun. Listen to me. That's a Mexican household boy. It's popping. Oh, yeah. Uh, can you hear? It's pretty loud. Oh, oh I sh should I mute myself? Oh, you're fine. We're almost done. Anyway, yeah, we're almost done. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, so I guess technically we're getting into the scene itself and we already talked about a lot yeah. of stuff in the scene. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we already talked about pretty much the singing and how it's going, the emotions, the feelings, the vibes. So we pretty much covered the scene already. Um, I'm using this to help students uh, connect to family members, to loved ones. This is a visual for you to use. To be very mindful, to be very spiritual on some of the music that you're picking and how you think about your family. Uh, very powerful moments in this movie. And as we all talked about, Mama Coco comes alive, Spence. She kept saying it. She's just like, from the grips of death. And I'm being dramatic, but literally the grips of death. Because she's dying, mm -hmm. and thus Hector's yeah. dying. And then she just springs to life and she's talking shit now. And well, she's not talking, I mean, she's, you know, she's alive. She's not talking shit, but <laughs> she just throws a chocolate at someone. Damn, she cooking already. Damn. 
still have five seconds. Shit. Yeah. Uh, this is what I'll leave it with. I think it could be something as simple as a song that can change someone's entire moment, entire neurochemistry to put them in a positive vibe. When you come to my office, when you come to a therapist's office, yes, we need to be real with you, but we should also leave you with motivation and passion. A want to live, to exist. And that song, Remember Me, triggered her thinking about the love and her father and that little girl just kicking her legs. And then she was like, shit, I got it. Let's talk. Let me show you this picture I got. Let me show you the poems. It's a very beautiful moment. And that's why I'm glad that we got to talk about it. Joe, you got anything else you want to add onto the podcast today, Andrea? Um, oh, I just appreciate you guys having me on. And I think definitely Coco, um, Coco and the song Remember Me brings a lot of comfort and helps people. It can, and it can help people with their grief and loss if they're going through something like that. Yep. What you got for us, boss? And then we'll head out. Coco. That's all I got. All right. Let's <laughs> do this. So thank you everybody for watching. We really appreciate it. Go check out Bub's Naturals and cure hydration you can use the code dsp20 to get 20 percent off your entire order um also go check out our merch we have mental health university it's a good one we got neuro spicy he doesn't have one so whatever uh so go check out all those go check out the link tree um to find any of our um some of our forms, some of our helpful tips that we have right in Self there, help. right in there for our Google Drive. So go check out the link tree. That'll help us a lot. Leave a tip. Don't be don't be that person. Leave a tip. Don't be like Ernesto. Leave a tip. Yeah. De la Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. De la Cruz. Uh, thank you, Andrea, for coming on. I was gonna say Andrea, but I was not gonna be a dick. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, hope to have you back again. Uh, I'm Spencer. That's Nas. Different Spectrums podcast. Bye. Peace, everyone. Much love. <laughs>